Welcome to an enlightened hour of interactive talk. This is Guided Spirit Conversations with host Marla Goldberg. In this program, we spotlight guests from all over the globe who have helped others change their lives and will provide you with the tips, tools, and techniques that you need to help make a difference in your own life. Now, here is Marla Goldberg. Hello, everyone. I hope you're having a fabulous Thursday. Um, Excuse me about this. Sorry about that. I hope you're having a wonderful Thursday. I am here with an amazing lady. Her name is Diana Palm. Diana is a spiritual healer, certified Reiki master, author, paranormal investigator, and medium. She has studied mediumship at the Arthur Finley College in England and Theta Healing at the Think Institute in the United States. Diana began her journey as a spiritual pilgrim when she traveled to Majori, Bosnia, to work with a healing priest who taught her how to clear negative entities to help people heal. Diana has founded the Afterlife Research Society to provide proof of the afterlife. And she is also the author of three books, Setting Spirits Free, Mediumship, Scrying and Transfiguration for Beginners, and Spiritual Anatomy Divination Cards and Guidebook. Welcome, Diana. So happy to have you here today. Thank you, Marla. Wow, you've got a lot of background. (laughs) You're just 30. How did you do that? Oh, sure. (laughs) I wish I was 30, then I'd have more time to play. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of time to play. Yes. (laughs) So, okay, let's talk about your spiritual pilgrimage. Uh Um, what, What was the catalyst that got you to go to Bosnia for this this adventure yeah you know it was so interesting I had just had um, I just gave birth to my daughter we were living in Tucson Arizona and estranged from my family and suddenly um, I was actually reading a book called Celestian Prophecy which I'm sure everyone remembers Um, such a pivotal book (laughs) yes but such a pivotal book for me as I was reading it I was I was saying I literally just said it out loud I was in the bathtub and I said oh my God, I need a spiritual journey like this. I want to go to a war-torn land. I want to learn spiritual truths. I want to learn how to heal people, and I want to have this experience. And right after I got out of the bathtub and dried off, I got a phone call from my mother, who hadn't spoken to me in quite some time. She never met the baby yet. And she was offering to take all of her children to Medjugorje, Bosnia. And I hadn't heard of it. So I was like, well, okay, this is weird that you're calling me. And where's, where's Medjugorje, Bosnia? What is it about? And she starts to describe it. And she's saying, well, there's a couple warnings, you know, because it's under war. And, and she starts to, to go about how the Virgin Mary appears and people are being healed and that we would be traveling with some very special healing priests. And everything inside me, like all my cells literally lit up. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so amazing. I couldn't believe it. So I just said, yes. I'll pack up everything in Tucson, head back to Minnesota, jump on a plane, and go to Bosnia. <laughs> so that's how I ended up getting there. That's a God wink if I ever heard one. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And so when you were there, what did you experience? Did you feel a shift in the energy the moment you got off oh. the plane or before you? Well, that was a little bit more intimidating because they had Croatian soldiers everywhere and there were, you know, bodies coming in and out of the airport and sandbags. 
um, UN soldiers everywhere. So that part was a little bit more scary. I didn't really start feeling the shift until we pulled into the village of Medjugorje. And then it was just the most amazing thing, one after the next, experiencing um, I experienced the miracle of the sun, where the sun is literally jumping around in the sky. Um, wow. And it happens, it occurs at the same time that the Virgin Mary is appearing in apparition form to people, but the sun was literally jumping around. So that was one of the first things I saw. I saw burning bushes and we'd run to them and the fire wouldn't be there. Um, we just had many miracles of the group that we traveled with, experienced many different forms of healing. And then that's where the healing priest actually taught me how to work with people and worked with me for like three days so that I could really clear negative entities and help people heal. That sounds like an amazing experience. And I wouldn't know what to look at. Do you look at the jumping sun or do you look at <laughs> Mother Mary? The yeah, yeah it's, it was so amazing. And, and mostly the, the visionaries are the ones that see the Virgin Mary. Um, but the people that are gathered have different experiences that they can um, interpret differently. So she just appears to like the certain number of visionaries. But when we're gathered for that, there's all kinds of things. And people were seeing um, the circle of stars and people were experiencing different emotions and different physical healings as well as spiritual and emotional healings. It sounds like an amazing trip. Have you been back there since? No, I haven't. It, it was... Um, just kind of like a once in a lifetime thing. I, I often thought about going back, um, but then I thought, you know, I was, I'm really lucky that I've been able to move forward uh, with being able to use that energy and then everything else that I've learned. So I feel like it was just a pivotal, for me, extremely pivotal to my life path. And I didn't really feel like somewhere to go back and revisit because it already put me on my path. Fair enough. And did you see Mother Mary? No, I no, I did not. I did not see her. Um, we had, you know, we we were able to have things blessed when she, her apparition was there. It was something we had to go on faith um, because we couldn't see her. But we did have everything blessed and the holy water. I had in a canteen. I brought that back to the U.S. with me and used that for years um, in doing healings for people. And every time they had just remarkable healings. So. Um, yeah, so we get to experience it in different ways. <laughs> That's truly incredible. So when did you start seeing spirits? I was seeing spirits prior to that. I saw spirits much younger. Um, so for me, it was mostly ghosts. Um, and I did see entities. I could always tell when entities were on somebody. I also had a natural ability if I was sitting in a mall uh, for instance, and people were walking by, I could instantly tell what kind of wounds that they were carrying, um, what kind of abuse they'd suffered. And I was, you know, basically just a little girl. And I kept, I just kept saying, like, I really want to be able to help these people. I don't know what I'm supposed to do about it yet. So I really didn't know how to gain those skills and abilities. The traditional forms didn't seem to make sense for me. I was not really drawn to um, like psychology or anything like that. I knew it was more in the spiritual uh, area that I wanted to work. Um, but I just had all these gifts and abilities from early. And then, and then as my life grew and I grew, I actually gained more and more abilities. That's what happens. I mean, when you start learning more, you learn more modalities, you then and everything gets stronger and more acute. 
Right. And for me too, I think a huge piece of it was number one, I was raised in a Catholic family. So a lot of the um, turmoil around doing any kind of spiritual work, I had to make peace with that and get over my fear of that and my dogma, my, my programmed, you know, um, thought patterns around that. Um, so, and that's where that piece of Medjugorje came in really important for me because I had these gifts and abilities. I really wanted to help people, but because I was raised Catholic, I thought I wasn't allowed to or that it would be bad or wrong. And when I had a healing priest in, in Bosnia work with me, he said, some people just have this calling. And so basically he gave me the green light. So after that point, it just marked my nonstop efforts to do whatever I could do to continue to learn and grow and heal myself and, and get more skills and abilities so I could continue to work with others. And when you grew up, your mother, was she open to your, did you share with her and was she open? No, she was like a dark. No, <laughs> not at all. No, they're not at all. So I just um, lived a pretty separate life. I mean, I still keep in touch with my parents and actually we've had a lot of healing in the last decade or so. And so our relationship is much better. Um, she still doesn't understand my work, but she tries to, within her own framework of her belief system, she tries to be supportive uh, it's just something that we don't discuss much. She hasn't read my books. Um, she's a little leery about asking me how my work is going. <laughs> I understand that. That's It happens to so many, right? Yes. <laughs> so they, they learn to open up and get inquisitive where they stay in their little box. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was a stretch. I had her listen to some EVPs and... Um, that was a big stretch for her, but she was. She thought that was pretty neat. So, well, maybe one day she's still there. So, she, <laughs> as long as you're you're here, there's hope. <laughs> but here's the reality: when she transitions, she'll realize, oh my God, my daughter is so gifted. <laughs> well, it was really funny because you know, as a youth, like she would always bring us out to uh, ghost towns in the desert of California. So we spent tons of time going to ghost towns. So when I actually was starting to tell her I'm seeing these things and I'm hearing, um, that was more like, wait a minute, that's just for entertainment. You're not supposed to really be able to tap in with that. Uh, so it was conflicting for me because I was like, well, why are we here then? Um, because I'm feeling all the ghosts and I'm sensing everything that, that's going on and that needs to be healed. And there was like, there needed to be a bridge for me. So really that trip to Bosnia is what put that bridge there. What's interesting, I'm, I'm getting this feeling when you're telling me you about your mother, that really she unconsciously knew where to bring you. And there's, there's a, because there was an attraction. If she didn't have some sort of attraction, yeah. she wouldn't have even said, oh, let's go to a ghost town or let's go to Bosnia yeah. and experience this. Absolutely. And um, it, what I thought was really interesting as well, when she did put that offer out to her children to take them to Medjugorje, Bosnia, she said that she was visited. So she had an apparition come to her in her bedroom and she said it was the Lamb of God that told her to take all her children there that wanted to go. We were all adults. Um, and I was really the only one that wanted to. <laughs> For me, I was like, oh my God, like somehow my prayer was answered and it went directly to her and told her to invite everybody. <laughs> but she had had her own experiences. It was just something she didn't feel comfortable with. Because of her teachings. Yes. How she was brought up, how she was raised, her religious beliefs. Right. The dogma got in the way. Exactly. So when you're seeing a spirit, what? how do you tell what's the difference between a ghost and a spirit? 
Is there a difference? Yes, there certainly is. Um, so I lived in many, many haunted houses. And so that got me really comfortable with detecting different types of spiritual energies and ghosts. Um, and it wasn't until I actually lost some people real close to me that I noticed the difference. Uh, so ghosts are going to be appearing more like in gray tones. They're not going to be vibrantly full of color usually. Um, they're going to still be very much in their earthly drama, which means if they died when they were sad, angry, or had some kind of drama going on, they'll be very much in those emotions still. And that's why you'll often hear ghosts want you to finish their unresolved business and things like that. Where when a loved one comes back to visit you, they've already basically been to heaven and then they're coming back to visit and they can come back as often as you want them to. Um, and they're going to have their own light source. It's like their soul is shining out. So a lot of times you'll see them either as a bright light figure or, or a lot of beautiful colors. And they are not concerned with any of the dramas that they had when they were living. They're actually just there to support you and to provide love and assistance for you. And they emanate love and peace. Absolutely. As well. So when you call it a ghost, would that's something I believe I would call an earthbound entity. Yes. You know, a soul that hasn't crossed over. Yes. They, they often get stuck in the place of their death or they get magnetized. There's like a window of opportunity for them to go to the light after they have passed and left their body. So there's like this window of time, approximately nine days, where they can choose to go into the light or they can choose to stay earthbound. But once they've made that choice, it's like the grid, electromagnetic grid closes and they can no longer go to heaven by a choice. They need to have somebody open up that window and send them after that point. So the earthbound ghosts that you run around, you know, run across, it is free will that they've chosen to stay. But a lot of times that desire has changed uh, because they've been here 100 years, but they no longer have the ability to go. And that's where a medium or someone else that has those spiritual gifts can help move them along and put them where they need to be. Help them cross over to the light. Yes. And get unstuck. Yeah. Which is really, a, it's, it's a gift. It's a gift to go to those who stay on the ground, you know, stay attached. Yeah. And you know what? I always tell people, they're like, um, my work with the paranormal, there was a different um, ideology around that where they'd be like, oh, we talked to this ghost. They said that they're fine. And it's like, well, even if they think that they're fine, they should still go to the light because having an unhealed spirit in your presence or in any vicinity actually can impact your health and it lowers the vibration of the earth. And so it's really pretty important, not just to that individual soul, but to their loved ones, their lineage, um, the environment, the earth <laughs> to, to elevate that energy, to heal it and to move it forward. So let me ask you this question. Do you, is there a way, so you know, global consciousness, you set an intention, you meditate for the intention, let's say, peace on earth or um, the environment to get, you know, healed and everything go back to a healthy pattern. Is there a way of doing something like that for the earthbound entities where a group can get together and have a ceremony of sorts to help as many raised to the light as possible? Um, it's more than intention because they actually need the grid opened. Okay, so somebody that's trained to do that or has the ability to do that um, can open it up. Uh, and so that's, I do it 
I, I used techniques that the priests taught me in Bosnia, but I also used what I learned in Theta Healing. And so I get my connection with Creator, and then I'm able to open that and send them. Um, intention is not enough. You do have to be able to open that, but people can learn that. I teach people how to do that all the time, and it's really, really rewarding work. People, we've had, like I take my classes sometimes to places that I know are haunted and allow them to cross over a ghost or, or an earthbound spirit and it is such a moving experience to be able to do that firsthand and to know how effective it is. So anybody can learn how to do it. Um, it there's just some different techniques that you need. But essentially what I'm teaching them is how to use their own light to send them because they're no longer attached to a bright light that can go through. Right. So if I can teach them how to use a human, a different person's light to get up to creator, um, then they, that's how they get through that opening. And you have a lot of classes that you teach. Yes. <laughs> and so I'm on top of learning how to, oh, you know, people cross over, spirits yep. cross over. What else do you offer? Well, I offer the Theta Healing. I offer four different classes in the Theta Healing. I offer the basic, advanced, dig deeper, and manifesting in abundance. Um, and those are all certification courses. I also teach a two-day mediumship class, which I put together through my own experiences and finding the most useful techniques to develop and improve your mediumship abilities. Um, I also do a scrying night, which teaches people how to see spirits with these eyes so that they can actually see into the spiritual realm. Uh, so that was really neat because that was a gift I was born with, but I know it can be taught. And so it's really fun to see people experience spirit for the first time and to be able to see it so they don't have to guess what's around them. Um, uh, let's see if I think that might be all for teaching. I, I sometimes like then you have that grief class. That yes, that's a that's a that's a more of a healing program. I have my nine week grief healing program, which literally takes people from the depths of their sorrow, working through the energy of grief, which can be very hard on the body, especially in the heart and lungs. And so, because I can connect with them intuitively, I can see where they're storing it, and I can help their body cleanse that energy out of their body so they don't have to have physical ramifications from the loss. Um, I work through their emotional system, their spiritual system, and then it's a process of elevating them all the way through to where they are downloaded with new feelings at the end. And then um, there's some techniques for manifesting a new purpose and a new life plan and being able to rebuild their heart so that they can experience love again. This sounds amazing. We're going to talk more about this, and I want to know more about scrying and transfiguration when we come back, but we're going to take a break now. Uh, For you out there, if you want to talk to Diana, please call in at 888-346-9141. See you on the other side of the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. My effing long journey to loving myself, a guide to a shorter path, is an account of Marla Goldberg's transformational journey and a guide to some of the most powerful TTTs or tips, tools, and techniques that she learned along the way. These TTTs taught her how to release anger and learn how to forgive ultimately finding total self-acceptance and self-love. Learn to release anger, frustration, and stress. Learn to forgive others and yourself. 
Go from self-loathing to self-love. Pick up your copy of Marla's book by visiting marlagoldberg.net. Life can be confusing at times. There can be uncertainty, disappointment, and an inability to clearly see where you're headed. But it doesn't have to be this way at all if you understand how to take the next step in your life. Tune in to Living the Miracle with your hosts, Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll help you to find the deeper meaning that awaits you in your life, have certainty in yourself, and learn to be clairvoyant. Listen Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Take a closer look at yourself in the present. Your body has its own GPS system designed to help you follow your intuition, align your thoughts, and set your own course. Host Dee Lee is here to be your external guide to this discovery. Take a break, a mindful space to pause, and help bring forth the balance that your life deserves. Listen live for Mindful Space to Pause every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Guided Spirit Conversations. To reach Marla Goldberg or her guest today, you're invited to call in to the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, the address is guidedspiritconversations at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. So thank you for sticking around through the break. And we're going to continue our conversation with Diana Palm. Diana is a spiritual healer, certified Reiki master, author, paranormal investigator, medium, and so much more. And that's what we're learning about. So if you want to talk to Diana, please pick up the phone and dial 888-346-9141. And you'll be able to speak to her and ask her any questions that you might have. But in the meantime, we're coming back to our conversation, which was amazing before we went off to break. Um, Diane was talking about her classes. And if you want to look, check to see what classes Diana has upcoming, her website is www.dianapalm.com. But there's one caveat. If you have a problem with her website, try again because there's a, there's a glitch being fixed at this moment. Uh-huh. So. We will, um, Diana will be able to show you all her stuff in, in no time if it hasn't already been repaired. So welcome, Diana. Thank you. So, okay, you mentioned scrying in part of your teachings and yes. transfiguration. Explain to everyone what scrying actually is, what it does, and maybe how you can start practicing Sure, yeah. Um, Well, actually, in my book, Mediumship Scrying and Transfiguration for Beginners, I take people through like many different ways of scrying because you could literally scry into oil, fire, um, tea leaves. You You can scry in so many different ways. And it's all beneficial to help you. What a lot of the forms of scrying do is help you uh get into a different brainwave frequency through concentration, and that allows more of your spiritual sight to open. However, the particular technique that I love and that I teach in this class is specifically for mediumship scrying. 
And what you do is um, gaze into the eyes of another person. You're sitting fairly close together with one candle in between. And I teach them how to send energy from their third eye to each other. And it's the energy when you're giving and receiving and you keep circulating it. It is amazing how high of a vibration two people can achieve. And what it does is literally just lift the veil or disintegrate the veil. So I have people that have never had experiences with spirit before come to one of these classes and they're instantly able to see uh, spirit guides, loved ones. Um, They tap into this whole visionary experience that they've never had before. And I love to teach people that are in paranormal work because so many paranormal investigators have yet to see a ghost or a spirit. So teaching them how to tune into it is really, really helpful uh, when they're in the field. And transfiguration. Yeah. What that is as well, please. Yes. So transfiguration is more when an individual medium is able to raise their vibration without having to use another human for that. So when I was taught how to do it, it's just a matter of getting your vibration very high. And then when spirits come close to you, they're literally in your in and around your aura. They never at any time enter the body. I would never, ever recommend that. Um, But they do come into your aura so that they can be seen. And oftentimes they'll appear right here in front of your face then. Um, It may even look like the person that you're looking at, their face is moving and changing as the spirits are um, being revealed upon their face. That's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine that being very scary the first time. Yeah. <laughs> what to expect, and all of a sudden, boom, <laughs> pops up right in front of your face. You see some strange stuff. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I believe as long as it's not scary, I'm here. I'm in on trying anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, how does spiritual healing help those grieving? I'm changing a little bit here. but Yeah, for sure. Um, so a lot of times, well, people can grieve from so many different things. Sometimes they're just holding grief in their body and they don't even know why. Sometimes babies are filled with grief because of something that happened, you know, when they were infants. And they're adults now, but they're still carrying that sadness and they don't even know what to relay it to. So grief can get trapped in the body. It's not just from death. Um, or loss. It can be in your in your family line. It could be inherited. So, but what it does when it shows up in your body is it creates like this space where you can't get light into those parts of your body or your organs, and it creates this feeling of disconnection, aloneness, um, feeling like you've been cut off from God or that you don't have any support. And so, being able to clear that energy up helps people to get their connection, which floods their body full of light, helps them move forward, helps them get out of their story and heal physically in many, in many ways. It's, I, I know for a fact, it's so helpful when that is. And a lot of times, like, for example, if somebody is the offspring of a Holocaust survivor, mm-hmm. they're with the stress that the Holocaust survivor yeah. experienced during their encampment or whatever it might be. Yes, could easily be brought down through the DNA. Absolutely. Because uh, so what I do is DNA healing. So when I'm working with individuals, I can see how things are connected to their family line. So there's one level that we create on in this life, but we also inherit. And so a lot of things in our genetics are really are what we're manifesting our life out of. And so when people are trying to shape their life and they're trying to make different choices, 
sometimes it seems literally impossible because their genetic programs are playing so loudly in the background and that's really the driving factor. So when I can get those in alignment with each other, then it can, it, their life can really be more to their liking and be more of what they're trying to create. And that's such a gift also. I know I keep talking about all these gifts, but they are. It's just a gift because who doesn't want to be healed and live the life you're divinely meant to live? Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> it's like we're all used to the struggle and trying to get over it and achieve it. And, and we're at this push pushing feeling, right? And um, when I find you just go right back into the DNA and you resolve it there. Um, and I was a kind of a good, you know, in my own life, I had so many different struggles and things I had to heal from. And I often now looking back, think maybe I just did that so that I would have more compassion or understand what other people are going through. Um, so working my way through that and healing all the different losses and, and different things that I've had really helped me to, ha- to gain that clarity. I went through it <laughs> and I know it can be done. Um, and so it's really, it's really cool to be able to help other people go through that and clear up their DNA and, and show them they don't have to struggle and they don't have to have those programs running. They can actually create new programs and learn in a different way. So many of us are learning from struggle and it's like, well, wouldn't you like to learn through inspiration rather than struggle? You know, and uh, that was a big one for me. I had a lot of struggle. <laughs> I, I did too. That's why my book is what I named what it is, My Effing Long Journey to Loving Myself. <laughs> I got to a shorter path. Oh, and, that's great. And I really truly feel that a lot of healers do go through struggles early on so that they can relate to more people. Because yeah. if you lived like a candy cane life and had no struggles, how do you understand when somebody is going through the pain that many people go through for whatever the reason might be? Yes. Yes. And what I found, like I was clearing up a lot of issues that I dealt with in my life that I was aware of. That's the first level. And then after that, it seemed like there was a plateau. And that's when I really started going into my genetics and really realizing how much was DNA related, how many programs I inherited. And if you, you know, if just a normal average person can look at their family line and see, like, what did your parents think and believe about this? What did your grandparents think and believe about this? And what was their history? Because your cells in your body actually carry all the memories from your ancestors. So, so you want to say the memory, I mean. <laughs> yeah. So, like you were saying with the Holocaust survivors, and it's like what they went through and what their families endured, that's a mark in their DNA. But, like, how beautiful for someone to step forward now and heal it. Because what I see in that is, the person that steps forward to heal it is healing genetically the wound that their family has been carrying. And in that, all their loved ones in the spirit world receive the healing and all the children coming into the family are being born without that wound. So that one person makes such a pivotal difference in healing their entire genetic line when they step forward to do healing. It's like a pebble in the water. Yes. It still waters. But so love me. So then that leads me to my next question, which are you able to to heal those that have transitioned? Yes. And absolutely and living. Absolutely. All the time. <laughs> All the time. So when, when people come to work with me, um, usually it's the first thing. If somebody needs help, they're going to step forward and I'll, I'll be aware like, okay, so-and-so is with you and he actually needs some healing. We're not going to, you know, and you can tell by their energy and how they're bringing forth, you know, if they're looking like they're disheveled or like they have an alcohol or a drug problem or they're still angry, 
then immediately I know that we need to heal them before we're going to get clarity from them and be able to work more clearly with the client that's sitting in front of me. And you, would you use theta healing for that? Is that the technique I, you... Yes, I do. At this point in my career, I'd kind of combine everything, mm-hmm. but I would say that primarily I'm using my theta healing gifts. Okay, because it just would make common sense to, or sense to me, maybe not common sense, that if you can heal one that's transitioned, who's who left wounded, Yes. then it just makes it better when it's time for the reincarnation. When it's yes, absolutely. Back. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, I, and sometimes I get people that are in the throes of um, a tragic loss, you, maybe one of their members of their family committed suicide. And so in those cases, it's important to clear and neutralize their home, their space, their memories, to clear the trauma, and then to physically go in and help them with their adrenals because they're often stuck in fight or flight. Um, and they're stuck in that moment of hearing the shocking news of the loss and and that's and it's almost like a marker in the time people can go back to that exact time and everything has changed in their life from that point. They don't feel like they could ever move forward or live again or be happy again. So what I'm able to do is go back to that trauma and release it from the body and adjust their adrenals so that they can get out of the fight or flight and then their system just calms down and then they can begin the normal natural process of grief without being stuck in it and without being affected by the heaviness of that energy. And so let's talk about spirits who commit suicide. Mm -hmm. Um, And would you say like an accidental drug overdose would be a form of suicide? Um, It kind of depends. Not all. Some of them, yes. Some of them, no, if it's accidental. Um, A lot of times that is actually intention, but more so what it is is the vibration. So this is a really easy way to explain it to people. Um, If a spirit does commit suicide, their energy, their vibrations, their thoughts and feelings are of hopelessness. They're feeling so hopeless that that's why they choose to leave because they don't feel like they can be happy or be loved or make a difference or survive financially or whatever they're their combination of feelings are. And when they feel like they can't get a, get any of those things right, they feel brokenhearted, devastated, alone, cut off. And those are all feelings and emotions that don't transition into the light. They're not the same frequency of the light. So they're not, that's why they get stuck in those emotions because they're in this heavy, dark cloud of those emotions. They can't even connect to the light when they're living. So they certainly can't connect to it when they've passed. They do have people that are trying to help and angels that try to help and, and all of that. But this darkness that they've created and surrounded themselves in, they often get like really separated uh, for quite some time unless somebody can come in and yank them and, and put them where they need to be in the light. Wow, that's a lot. That's <laughs> it's, um, so let's talk about how the physical body is affected by grief and how mm-hmm. you can then take the energy and heal it. Yeah. Well, primarily, I mean, it can affect any part of the body. Um, One of the things that I think is interesting is like if you lose somebody close to you that had a certain physical ailment, a lot of times their loved ones will absorb that physical ailment as a way to feel connected to them. And so sometimes when I'm tuning in with a person's body, I have to figure out like, is this your gallbladder problem or are you carrying this for your mother or father that had this problem? 
You know what I mean? Because sometimes it's just an energetic imprint and something to stay connected to. So that's the first thing I look at to clear up. Um, And then I said the heart and lungs are known to carry heavy, heavy grief. So when you're looking at those intuitively, you can literally see they don't light up with uh, light. They're, they're dark, they're dense, they're heavy. Um, And a lot of people experience, you know, shortness of breath and things like that. Most often it's not physical. It's spiritual and emotional first, but it can become physical over time if people don't heal it. So that's why it's so important to move that energy up out of the body and make sure that you're actually getting light in all your organs and all throughout. And so for a layman, for anybody who's just listening to this, who's not sure. in the metaphysician, metaphysical world, how do you know if your organs are lit up or not? Okay. Um, well, you know what? There's a, a lot of people can tune into that intuitively. Like even if they don't find that, if they don't think that they're intuitive, we're all intuitive. Um, and when I lead people through it, I first can, I can see what's going on in them, but I like them to experience it so they know it's real. So I just guide them to close their eyes and tune in with their body and to kind of like imagine they're going through their body and feel it. Like, does this feel light? Does it feel heavy? How about your stomach? What does it feel like there? You know, and I take them just mentally into each each part of their body and allow them to just intuitively connect, just very naturally connect and tell me what it feels like. And they can also, you know, just most people can do that on their own very easily. And then I can actually get my connection and help them move the energy out and also do healing surrounding that issue that they're holding there so that then that body can, uh, that piece of the body can heal better. So let's say there's somebody in Bosnia and they're listening to this and they do the scan and they go, oh, my heart, my heart feels dark. I don't, it doesn't feel light. You know, is there anything that they can do to start like changing? To bring in. Sure. Yes. Yeah, because I think there's a lot of people living right now that have broken hearts for just a lot of different reasons. Um, And so it's really, really important to, I do a lot of focusing, focused work on the heart. And I have a program for that too called Creating Space for Love, where you really work with heart related issues, because the heart is all about love. And, and you were looking at love issues, self-love. Um, do you feel loved by your mom and your dad? And, and, and how about your mate? Or are you alone? And do you, are you worried there's not a mate for you? And all that stuff. And, and also pet loss. You know, we carry that broken heart um, in our heart too. So if somebody's on their own and they're working to heal that, I, I feel it's very important to, um, you know, kind of find the source of it, but also try to shift that. And you can do some meditations to just imagine light coming into your body and um, healing it and lightening up the energy in there and just bringing, like I call it creator, it's God or source or universe, whatever your belief system is, just honor your belief system on that. But filling up with that light um, neutralizes the painful past that you've had and it can fill your heart with, with the right type of energy that can begin to heal it physically. So you feel a little bit of joy or happiness? or Absolutely. Absolutely. When you get connected again, you can't help but feel that way because it's like it's very invigorating. Well, we're going to come back and talk more about this. But right now, we've got to take a little break. So for you out there, please hang in with us. And if you want to talk to Diana, the number is 888-346-9141. See you on the other side.
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. My effing long journey to loving myself, a guide to a shorter path, is an account of Marla Goldberg's transformational journey and a guide to some of the most powerful TTTs or tips, tools, and techniques that she learned along the way. These TTTs taught her how to release anger and learn how to forgive, ultimately finding total self-acceptance and self-love. Learn to release anger, frustration, and stress. Learn to forgive others and yourself. Go from self-loathing to self-love. Pick up your copy of Marla's book by visiting marlagoldberg.net. Things Worth Considering, featuring host Gord Riddell and Dr. Jan Hill, is a program that's all about connections. The connections we make with our families, our workplaces, friends, and others around us. It's also about connections to ourself, spirit, feelings, and stories. Let us connect with you each week to explore what we are and what we can be moving forward. We can overcome the obstacles that stand in our way. Things Worth Considering airs live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Tune in to Lead Up for Women. Speak up to Lead Up as we celebrate the influence of women in business and beyond. Your host, Colleen Biggs, speaks with guests who have stories to share, have faced adversity, and have become success stories in business, in their communities, and in personal accomplishments. Join the strong and the brilliant ones and understand that the world is ready for you to be at your best. Lead Up for Women is heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Guided Spirit Conversations. To reach Marla Goldberg or her guest today, you're invited to call in to the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, the address is guidedspiritconversations at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hello, everyone. Thank you for sticking around and being part of this audience and listening to the conversation with Diana Palm. So if you just came on, Diana is a spiritual healer, certified Reiki master, author, paranormal investigator, medium, and she has got this amazing journey. Oh, and she's a theta healer because I didn't say that earlier. And she teaches classes on the various theta um, what do you call them, blocks or modalities? Horses. Mm-hmm. Horses. And so we're going to continue our conversation. So as we went to break, we were talking about healing and how you can, you know, find out if, you, if your organs are not having life come in and how they do that. But we were talking also about teaching children these techniques to really ease up their life and give them tools that are not taught in school. I, th- I just think it's so important to do that as well. We were talking about how important meditation is for um, young ones. But before I bring Diane back real quick, we're going to do our charity shout out. And Diana's charity is Home for Life Animal Sanctuary, which is www.homefor.org. 
fightforlife.org. And Diana, why don't you tell us a little bit about the organization and why it's so near and dear for you? Well, actually, this the whole topic with pets is near and dear for me. And it's kind of hard to find places that um, do give life care, you know, life term or, you know, they will take pets forever um, and provide these loving homes for them. There's a few in my area. And so I was kind of undecided. And then I and then I selected that one. Um, but the whole mission is just because there's pets are amazing and people, even a lot of my clients come to me after they're, they're grieving a loss of a pet. And that's because pets absorb everything from us. I mean, pets are like amazing little healers and they hold all of our wounds and they see us through our biggest life changes and our, and our stuff. And so pets, when they're discarded and, and they don't have a home, it's like they're missing their purpose in life. They want to heal you. They want to love you. They want to be with you. So I just like to bring focus to the importance of pets and animals in your life and why they're there and how much they love you. And it's just something good to be able to give back. And even if you don't have a pet to provide um, some stability for uh, an animal or a pet so that they can be given that opportunity with another family. It's such a gift. And animals are so unconditional. Uh-huh. Um, you know, you're having a bad day. They're there. You're ill. They're there. I, they're just amazing. Absolutely. They, they're like our little keepers of all of the, the wounds that we have and all the, the hurdles that we have. And they just love us and they love us through it and they try to absorb it from us and they remember it all. Um, but there's no judgment and they just love you anyways, but they remember everything and, and they provide companionship to us like there's just nobody's business. So they're pretty amazing. <laughs> I'm a pet lover as well. I'm an animal lover. Mm-hmm. Um, horses, dogs, cats. So I'm allergic to the horses and the cats. But oh. I, I still go and brush horses any chance I can. Yeah. <laughs> but they're, they're incredible. And so does your, I mean, I know your ability does, but how does it, what you do work with animals? Yeah, it's exactly the same as with a human. Um, so people have a lot of belief systems that actually anchor in their illness or their grief or different things. And so that's what I help them uncover is their belief systems anchoring it in. Animals have less belief systems. They're just designed to kind of free flow this loving energy. And But if they've been living with a person for a long time and in a home for a long time, they can begin to absorb some of the belief systems. Um, animals that have been abandoned will have actual belief systems that they're abandoned, the world's unsafe. And so those are some of the first downloads that I want to give to animals so they know they're safe, provided for, loved, wanted. Um, and that can really shift an animal that's experienced abuse. But when they show up to me in spirit, they're so amazing because what they're actually talking about is not themselves at all. They're talking about their owner and how much they want their owner to heal. And then they start to tell me things that they have seen their owner live through. Um, and so that's kind of a nice combination of how it works. Um, but animals are very receptive to any healing directly, but in the spirit world, they show up for their owner. And it's interesting. It's almost like they're the keeper of the secrets. Yes, they are. Because they can't gossip with anybody and say, you know what happened to my owner? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and because they're so loving and they absorb it. So that's really, really common if you have a sick animal or for, for a sick person in the family that their pet will have the same sickness. So both of them can have cancer at the same time. Or if you have arthritis, your pet may end up with arthritis 
because they're naturally taking from you constantly in an effort to heal you. So it's really important to turn that energy back around and heal your pet. I just want to tell you a quick story just to, to back what you're saying. Yeah. And that I actually experienced that because when I was going through my divorce, it was, it was long, arduous, painful, and he was making it painful. And I had one dog, a Doberman, God bless him. I mean, I just love, well, I love all my animals, but he kept pick, taking what my ex was energetically throwing, throwing out at me. And where did he take them? In the anal gland. So the first time he almost exploded, you know, it almost, um, his anal gland almost expired or whatever. It's, it's not expired. I can't remember the word, but where it breaks, you know, the tissues tear. And the second time the tissue actually did tear and he had to have it. And I always said that he was taking that for me from him to keep me because I was still dealing with so many other things he was sending out. Yes. Yes. We just have to say thank you because he was my protector on so many levels. Oh, absolutely. And that's what a lot of people just aren't even aware of that. They know that they're there to kiss them and love them and comfort them, but they don't realize they're actually absorbing because they're absorbing your pain and, and making that feel better for you. They're actually taking that pain into their little bodies um, and so they, they're just, they're, they'll do it unconditionally anyways, because they love you, but like it gets stuck in their bodies. Not all of them know how to transmute that and release it. Which is so hard for the, you know, to think of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, our time is, is coming to a close and I'm just so grateful that you're on the show. This was such a great <laughs> conversation and I've enjoyed you so much. Thank I you, Marla. Thank you, Diana. And I want to let everybody know your website, again, is www.dianapalm.com. Mm-hmm. She's got a YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash or slash Diana Palm. Facebook is Diana Palm Intuitive. Instagram is Instagram.com, Diana Palm Intuitive. And LinkedIn, Diana Palm Intuitive. So <laughs> there are many ways and places you can find Diana. <laughs> And I think a lot of your classes sound fascinating. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. And I want to thank Voice America, Matt, Robert, everyone there who supports me and and the show. I want to thank Teresa Scott-Reed. She's my right hand and my left hand. So grateful for her every single day. I want to thank you, the audience, for taking the time out of your day to listen to, come on my podcast, listen to it. And I hope that my intention of you know, having you glean information and things that can help you with your life really manifest for you. And until next week, I'm, I'm so excited. Um, we're going to have a great panel for Halloween. And I look forward to you joining us as we have um, a psychic medium, a paranormal investigator to come and talk to you about um, Halloween spirits and things. So... Until next week, I send you love, I send you blessings, and I send you gratitude. Take care.